Welcome to Hit The Real, the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. I'm one of your hosts, Michael, and I'm really excited to start out this podcast, but not really excited to end it. And uh, I'm joined this week by my co-host and friend and the man that um, I think is pretty uh, marvelous. Jesse, how you doing, Jesse? I'm good, man. I will not be going out to any Avengers parties tonight, though. So I'll be in bed by nine, probably. Wow, you're so cool, Jesse. <laughs> That's what happens when you get older. But, uh, and did you not have a quip ready for the beginning of this? You always have a quip. What, what are you talking about? I, I, I quipped. I quipped a little. We'll get into it when I talk a little bit more about the podcast, but you, you sound kind of downtrodden. Well, well, with uh, my quip for you, I, I had it kind of planned out, and my quip for myself this time it was um, I, it, it it will come to fruition when I uh, talk a little bit more about this uh, show as we get into it. So it's a quip with an arc. Yeah, it's it's a slow burn. You're, it's it's going to pay off, I promise. Let it play out, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's jump right into it. Uh, this week, we are going to be talking about kind of a little late to the party, but still, I think it's we, we've talked about pretty much every other one of these. So we might as well keep the train rolling. Uh, we're going to be talking about Miss Marvel, um, the Disney Plus show that came out a little bit ago. Uh, See, for those who have seeing the show i feel like keep the train rolling would almost be a better quip to start with uh yeah but i I, I, so honestly i did think about that but then i thought it might be a little insensitive based around the historical uh situation that that would come from so i thought i might i I thought i might avoid it ah stand woke (laughs) yes good on you man yeah um, but yeah, so we're going to, yeah, we're going to be talking about Miss Marvel. Um, yeah, the Disney plus show, uh, came out in June. Um, and we're now getting to it because we, uh, we had, a, we had a few other things we wanted to talk about and, um, uh, we probably could have talked about it last week, but I couldn't, I couldn't wait any longer to talk about rescue Rangers. So I just was like, no, we're doing it this week. Uh, <laughs> I had put that off long enough. Michael had it. So we bullied that one in there uh, a week <laughs> sooner but uh june was also a packed month for content and i partly blame the avalanche for their stanley cup run because there was a game on almost every other night so that took up some time but yeah uh just recently got to this i think we finished it on sunday and it's only six episodes these these disney plus series man they're they're running pretty short these days. It doesn't take that long to get through to once you sit down and, you know, get them on there. So, yeah, I, th- I think that I feel like it has the its pluses and minuses because of that, where it does feel like it, it, it doesn't overstay its welcome. But sometimes it feels like I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about that with this. Uh, sometimes it doesn't even feel like it, it it really gets going. And then by the time it does have something going on, it feels like it has to rush to the end. So it's a little prelude of what I thought of this show. <laughs> yeah, I think we're pretty like-minded in that regard, if I'm reading the tea leaves correctly there. But 
why not you know just get into some spoiler free thoughts for for those who are even later to the party than we are yeah exactly so we'll talk about you know what you thought um starting with um i'll go first this time jesse because i was i was i actually texted you and kevin about this and i was i was pretty excited you were yeah my spoiler free thoughts um i feel like this show has a really strong uh start like the first episode i think is really great really into it loved it a lot um loved to see where they were going with it i thought it was visually kind of fun and cool and then i was i was real interested in the story and kind of seeing where it went and stuff um as it went on though and this is i'm just all spoiler free here um I kind of lost my excitement and steam and by like the last like few episodes, I was just like, okay, like what is happening here? Why are we, what, what's going on? I don't, I don't get why we're, <laughs> I don't get why they're telling us this story this way. Uh, it felt like I said just a few moments ago, it felt a little like it got to the end and kind of felt a little rushed where it, 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 it didn't like they were trying to do a lot and then they kind of just were like, Oh crap. We, we did too much quick wrap it up in an episode oh no we still have more uh, uh, uh another episode uh uh up uh, oh, the last one here we go boom done so yeah that was kind of my my my, my spoiler free thoughts yeah i mean talking about episode lengths i don't really like a one-size-fits-all approach to every series mini series limited series whatever the hell they want to call them uh, that Disney Plus has been rolling out over the past couple of years because some stories don't need as much time as others to get their point across and to reach a satisfying conclusion, while others feel like they're just kind of getting going and hooking you and building that intrigue episode to episode. And then, oh, shit, oh, we're out of, we're out of slots here. Wrap it up. So um, I, I kind of am on board with you in that. Well, not kind of. I am on board with you on that. Let's, let's not be wishy-washy about it. Um, I am on board with the idea that they did not allow themselves, I think, enough time and enough, enough episodes to really stick that ending and uh, wrap up some of those uh, plot points that they had been slowly threading. Uh, throughout you know the first few episodes and it's unfortunate because i really did feel that level of intrigue uh episode to episode i thought it did a good job uh, leaving a hook and kind of adding to adding layers to the story uh heightening the suspense of what was you know maybe going on with this family and their history and oh shit does this have ties to some unfortunate historical events that occurred and I thought they could have done more than they wound up concluding with. And so yeah, I, I liked, I liked the show, but I agree that that was a gripe that I had is that it just felt like it, it kind of ended and then I was like, Oh, well, that was a thing, I guess. No, that was a thing. It was a thing. And for a period of time, it was a really cool, fun thing. And then, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, first and foremost, I thought the representation here 
was really cool. Um, the show, Miss Marvel, uh, starring uh, Iman Vellani and you know, featuring a lot of other a lot of other cast members, crew members uh, uh, who are from you know that part of the world or who have ties to that or have cultural heritage that's you know makes this part of their representation as well. Um, I thought it did a good job of like celebrating uh, Pakistani culture and kind of just putting it all out there for people to see and what it's like to be, um, what it's like to be, you know, of Muslim descent in, you know, modern America. So I thought that was really cool. Um, you know, I wish we got to see a little bit more of that, but I can't recall, I think another Disney property or another superhero property that has given us uh, that, that wide of an array of, uh, um, instances of representation and, and cultural, you know, celebration. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, I agree. I think that's even a, I think I saw some stuff online kind of talking around this when this is coming out and, um, it talked about the representation where in fact it was pointing out how, um, kind of bad, uh, incorrect, uh, unsatisfying um even horrible in some instances of other representation that are being presented uh for example uh moon knight um i yeah. saw a lot of people talking <laughs> about that representation of him being a uh, person person of uh, jewish descendants like not really getting that representation um in a uplifting or culturally uh significant way as miss marvel um I know when when we talked about Moon Knight, I brought up how like in his like in one of his stories, like how important it how important him being Jewish is because it like uh, uh, sets up part of that mental break that he has as a character. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, so it's just kind of I saw some stuff that talked about like you know Miss Marvel representation in a correct. Uh, culturally significant and impact, impactful way, which I think is which I think is important to know is that that was also something that her comics did uh, as well, and why she was so popular when she came out was because she was a female protagonist, color, and was you know not just a sidekick or wasn't a throwaway. She was her own person and has gone on to be very successful in multiple other series interactions and i think that's kind of a point in their favor here is that i did really like the cultural stuff i loved the um songs i love the integration of the uh, mixed media that they kind of put through some of this stuff and like incorporating that into the cultural side of it so mm -hmm. yeah credit good job i'm gonna do it i normally say they don't get credit for this type of stuff but this time i'm gonna say good job you know Saying Loki is uh, by, uh, is gender fluid, don't get credit. That's part of the myth. You're just not taking credit for that. Uh, making um, <laughs> America Chavez uh, parents gay uh, doesn't count because they could easily edit that out. Um, there's just a bunch of those where they like I've consistently said they don't get credit for this one. I'll give them credit. So good, good for them. Well, there you go, Disney. You finally <laughs> got credit for being inclusive from Michael. <laughs> That's a feather in your cap. But it only took how long? 
I don't know. When, when did Walt Disney start all this? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would also, to kind of tie into that a little bit too, um, Kamala Khan and Iman Bilani, the actress uh, in that role, I think what was really cool about this and she herself and her performance and her portrayal, I thought was good. But what I liked that they did, especially early on, is she, you know, uh, Kamala has a YouTube channel. She likes to sketch. She idolizes Captain Marvel. Um, and she has a very, like, specific and unique artistic style that overlays all of that. And then that style presents itself in different ways visually uh, throughout the show and the way that they do the editing and uh, some of the title credits and stuff. And I thought that was cool that the show itself kind of took on the style of its lead character and did certain things to kind of present this, this view, this world from a more unique perspective. And that's not something you usually see from Marvel. I think they get a lot of flack for being cookie cutter in the same in their visual presentation, which I think some of that is very much deserved. In this case, it feels like an actual effort was made to be different and provide a different take, a different feel. And I, I thought it was cool that that all ties into the actual character who, who is leading this thing. So good job there. Yeah. I, I like that. I wish they would have continued that though, is my only, yeah. is my complaint. I know it is, uh, is my complaint to that statement. Jesse is that it, it poured it on heavy and then, like, I think by episode three is just completely gone, except for the end credits stuff, yeah. uh, which I love because it's actually I was pointing out certain things uh, while I was watching it to being like, oh, that's like a panel from the comic or that's like yeah. the classic like that image right there is like one of the famous Miss Marvel covers. Like, that's the one that, like, you know, a lot of people associate and show when talking about like how she is an important character. And on that point, too, the actress that portrayed her, um, I know, is also a huge Marvel nerd in that regard, too, and has that excitement. I've seen some stuff about how um, I think she, like, corrected Kevin Feige about something um, about being like, that's not how that would have happened or, you know, you did this wrong. So, hey, I mean, props to that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just kind of an you know, overarching theme of the show as a whole is it did things very well at the beginning and then I kind of petered out, uh, fizzled out towards the end, which is unfortunate. Um, but when it was going really strong, that was cool. Um, but I, as far as the character herself goes, I, I thought, you know, much like I did for Hawkeye with Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop, I thought, okay, this, this is exactly what the MCU needs is, you know, some, some new leads, some fresh, some fresh faces, some new blood to kind of give this whole thing a jolt start because we've lost so many of our, our well-known heroes from before. We're kind of, you know, this roster has been depleted a little bit and we need um, some new heroes that people can resonate with and get behind. And honestly, do we, we need some more representation and some more diversity as well. As much as I love, 
the OG Avengers from phase one of the MCU, it's a, it's a lot of whites. It's like, it's like an Eagles concert out there, man. So it's, a, it's better to, it's better to do it this way and uh, mix things up a little bit and be more inclusive. Um, and I, I like her character. I, I think leads and protagonists like this can wear out their welcome if they're just too, you know, a little too like, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I guess a little too snarky, a little too in the know for their own good. Like everything can kind of feel on the nose in that regard. With her, I felt like she was very genuine and you know this is these were new steps for her and with these origin stories you know it's all such you know worn material that i think it can kind of be difficult to find you know a fresh take on all that and despite using some familiar tropes i I did feel like they found a a fairly a fairly fresh way to you know present her story and her origin and uh, get her in the fold. And again, it, it really did feel like a community celebration of her family and her culture, you know, coming together for a hero who looks like them. And I think that was all really cool. I think this is a good, th- this is what I feel like we need more in this phase of the Marvel cinematic universe stuff. I feel like it needs we need more of this type of stuff and more time for these moments, these shows, these characters to breathe. And I I am excited to now see what happens with uh, the upcoming uh, Marvel's movie, um, which has her little S in the thing and has, you know, it's supposed it's, you know, it's like the second Captain Marvel movie. Well, it's Monica Rambeau. Yeah, Monica. Yeah, the character is Monica Rambeau. Uh, but it, so I'll just kind of the um, the 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 movie that's coming out here uh, next year, the Marvels, right? It has you know the classic looking uh, Mar uh, like Marvel like script uh, that you saw from Captain Marvel that red and the kind of gold outline. The S at the end of it is the um, kind of looks like the S that's on. Uh, Miss Marvel's um, leotard suit. I don't know. And then in the A, there's like this weird diamond shaped thing. And that's kind of indicative of the symbol that uh, Monica uh, Rambeau, the daughter of Carol Danvers friend, Captain Marvel movie, um, who was in WandaVision, who got some sort of special power because she walked through the the barrier a bunch. that's her symbol in the comic books. And I'm trying to remember what her character's name is, is in the comic books and I'm blanking on it. So yeah, I, I fail in my nerd credit. Um, For shame. I know. Uh, I know she goes by Miss Marvel um, or Captain Marvel at one point, but that's not saying a whole lot. A bunch of people have done that. <laughs> uh, yeah. I can think of two off the top of my head. Right. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, man. So I think some positive things were done here. I I liked the show. I, I liked the cast. I liked, I even liked her kind of nerdy, you like friend who is her tech guru and helps her with all this stuff. The 
kind of have a little bit of a of a love triangle that they try and throw in there. Thankfully, it doesn't overshadow the story too too much. Not that it really has time. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's mostly because, and I mean, she's got a lot of love to give or try to receive or yeah yeah not spoiler free remember spoiler free um yeah i mean really overall i I enjoyed the show i like the style i like the representation as well the cast again um i think narratively speaking we started out on a high note and we kind of fizzled out towards the end and i think they just needed a couple couple more episodes for this one i think and i i don't know why they're so intent on sticking to those six and that unfortunately makes me feel like you know this was a bit of a victim of you know maybe that assembly line mentality coming out of the pandemic of you know just get it out it, it doesn't matter if it's fully finished just just release it right that's kind of how I've felt throughout this phase four, especially with the Disney Plus series. I think you know, some of them just they needed they needed some more time, or you know. And then there were there have been others that I think would have benefited from not as many episodes. But in this case, I think they got kind of shortchanged, and that's unfortunate because this was probably the most unique thing that Marvel has done since Endgame. I would say. Um, Shang-Chi was up there with that for that award too. But uh, yeah, I, I feel like they were on the verge of maybe doing something special and they just fell short of that. Right. Oh, I got it. It's Photon. Photon is her name. That's what it was. Photon, not even a captain or a miss. Uh, yep. <laughs> I mean, I, admittedly, like I said, she did go by Captain Marvel. Uh, Photon, uh, there's another one um it's like a space one she goes after or uh, uh based off of um pulsar i don't know i got photon i got there okay <laughs> photon is one of them and there's probably another one they, they i mean names change all the time but um you never gave up i'm proud of you thanks yeah uh and i was listening to what you're saying and i agree that this cookie cutter um like this many episodes is what you got you got to put it, you, you, you know, your story's this, like, chunk, 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 slide it out, right? Yep. It, it just feels like there's a, it's hindering some of these shows uh, and, and, and kneecapping them before they can even really get started because we, we don't get, they're trying to fit so much. They're trying to like endear these characters to us and we just can't, you know, get all of that story in because they want to do so much. And that might be a problem both with writing and also the production side of it, where it's like, they're like, well, we want to tell this really great story. And we're not sure if we're going to get another season. So we want to get all of this in now. Yeah. And that's kind of what I felt like happened in this. And we'll, I'll talk a little bit more about it when we get to the spoiler section, but it, it is kind of starting to come pretty glaringly obvious that like maybe Marvel should, or Disney should loosen up that, that the creative ability of these uh, of these shows a little bit more to let them kind of ex- expand or spread or uh, be guaranteed a second season. So these writers can feel the confidence to be able to take some of the storylines that they felt like they had to shove into one season and be able to be like, no, we're going to address this in the second season. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I want to quickly return to that 
after we get into the spoiler section. But uh, hey, at least they didn't have to worry about any Skywalkers getting shoehorned into this because it's a Marvel property. <laughs> Ooh, I love callbacks. Um, yeah, I mean, I think if you want to move into spoiler sections, Jesse, since we both kind of just uh, are, are, are uh, edge of our seats, ready to shout from the rooftops about some of our other thoughts, uh, I'm ready to move on if you are. Yeah, I think I'm good. Okay, cool. So from this point on, uh, spoilers, uh, you've been warned. If you haven't seen Miss Marvel uh, and care enough that you haven't seen it yet and don't want to know about spoilers, then I would say stop here. If you haven't seen Miss Marvel and don't care about spoilers, then what, keep listening. <laughs> yes, please keep listening. Um, one thing uh, on what we were just talking about is it really did feel like they got kneecapped in the sense that um, Kamala, you know, has a bit of a tumultuous relationship with her mother. Her mother has, you know, I think some, some demons, some, some things that have happened within their family in the past that she's carrying with her. And of course, you know, they're all trying to navigate their way through this modern divisive world. And so they're telling this very intimate story about, this family and you know this new hero who is already struggling to be who she truly wants to be based on you know the shackles of society and you know her, her parents trying to do what's best for her and it continues to weave those threads in there of you know this is not just you know story about any world-ending events or secret societies or uh, extraterrestrial power or what have you it really is you know this smaller story about you know this relationship between a, a daughter and her mother and they i thought were layering that up and it really needed that time and needed some more some more room to fully flesh that out and tell it and then we get to the end and they do the reveal of, oh, well, now they know that she's, you know, nightlight, I think is what they were calling her up until the end. But uh, yeah. uh, this, this new hero on the scene, and it feels like that all just worked itself out very neatly and quickly. And everybody was just good with each other at that point. And there weren't any problems <laughs> with anything. And I don't know, man, it, it felt like I was watching... I was watching this, you know, kind of smaller scale, intimate story, and then it eh, kind of just crashing in the wall, and they had to pick up the pieces and end it as best they could. I don't know. It, it, I felt, I felt a bit unsatisfied with that outcome. I mean, you should feel unsatisfied. I think the fact that you you touched on kind of talking around the idea that you're like, hey, well, they they didn't have like these, they, they kind of had a smaller story. They kind of had like this being much more of a street level uh, superhero story uh, mm -hmm. that I think we're all sorely missing because everything is about the end of the world. Every time, every single movie, every single show, it's about yeah. the end of the world, the end of the world. It's all going to end. And like the stakes can only ever get higher for them, but that's not, 
like that doesn't make good entertainment because it's not true. You know, the world can't always be on the brink of destruction. Yeah, um, just in the world already. Right. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> but um yeah, so like it's always on the brink of destruction and we're just like, but how can it be? And I felt like I was excited because I was like, awesome, we're gonna do like a low level kind of thing. We're gonna bring in the uh we're gonna bring in da- the racist damage control people. That's going to be the story. It's going to be her like proving to the world that no, she's actually a good person. And um, they're the real villains and they're like going to prosecute her. And then it's going to turn that the, you know, the entire uh, community is going to turn around and say, no, she's, she's part of our community. She's okay. Uh, You know, maybe have an, I am Spartacus moment or something like that. Um, um, but like we we then suddenly are like okay no there's gin gin are real like we're from an extra dimension and we're going to we need your help getting back oh by the way if we go back we're going to destroy your dimension oh no that only is a thing for like 30 seconds and then oh no you're back in time oh no you have to make sure that your grandmother gets out of this area because oh no if you don't the ramifications of time are wait i thought we already did this time travel thing um and you're breaking your own rules but it's okay because you got there and then oh no that guy that you liked the second one actually is got gin powers now he's being prosecuted and that i am spartacus moment kind of is happening now but then you have to do a big battle and there's sparks and light and then oh wait you're just everything's okay (laughs) like it was just so like oh wow we have like three or four like th- quote unquote threats and like it, three of them are like quote unquote bad like bad guy level stuff and then it's not like it just ends and that's where yeah. i kind of felt like it, like to your point jesse is that it started out great and it started really interesting and i liked the whole idea of like a family dynamic of a superhero dealing with that we haven't seen that in the mcu because we haven't really seen you know uh, the, like usually you get that with Peter uh, and Spider-Man, um, but we, we've gone we're going with a different story with uh, the MCU Sony Spider-Man. Um, I, we, I don't think we've really even seen any other heroes, parents outside of Kate. They're usually dead, <laughs> or they're too old, or their parents don't matter. Um, yeah, <laughs> right. So that's what I was excited because I, I when we first that first episode was very like okay, we're gonna do like a little school drama. We're gonna get a little bit of um, kind of. Uh, what's that show? Um, Never Have I Ever, um, which has a pretty diverse cast and pretty interesting storytelling convention that I, I, I haven't ever watched it, but uh, Lindsay watches it every once in a while and I catch some of it. Um, but that one seems like that's what I thought. I was like, cool, we're going to get that show because it's that one's pretty successful. OK, Marvel totally, you know, don't don't have to remake the entire wheel. But I thought we were going to get that with like some superhero stuff like, you know, I I said it before and I'll say it again. I love it when Marvel does a, you know, insert genre here plus superhero movie insert genre here plus superhero TV show. Like that's what I like when they do it, because it's kind of like a subversion on that classic genre with adding a little bit of superhero elements. And that's and that's what I thought we were getting. And then we got to world ending problems and I was like, cool, we're back to normal Marvel stuff. Like this isn't that exciting anymore. Yeah. I almost felt like I missed something when we got to the end because everything was just 
all good. And I was like, whoa, whoa, wait. There, was, <laughs> there were multiple threats that were about to derail this entire community and possibly the world. And now we're, we're just all, everything's okay now. Yep, everything's a-okay. Every, everything's groovy. Okay. <laughs> so that, yeah. It, I don't have a problem at all with, you know, her parents being accepting of her secret identity because that, you know, is another pretty well-worn trope of having to navigate that as, you know, another hurdle for a hero to, you know, have to find a, a way to get their family or friends to accept who they actually are. So the fact that, you know, she reached that point with her family at first glance is great. It just didn't feel earned, dude, because there was so much else going on. We didn't really get to, again, fully flesh out that dynamic. And I feel these actors and these characters were robbed of something that should have been very poignant and emotional. And it was just like, eh, well, that's cute. Move on. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like they just, this sh- man, like there were so many things thrown on us, like the red daggers. Oh, no, the red daggers. And then it's just like, wait. They were there for like two episodes and that now they're like, it's six episodes. So, I mean, that's still like a lot of a TV series, but like, it just was like, why, why are they here? Like to explain the bad guys, like that's all they needed to do. You could have had the grandmother explain them, like being like the, the gin are like, she could have heard this and like, just known that like, I don't know. It just seems like such a weird thing that they were like, we have to put this in here. And then when we put it in here, we'll experience this for like a few hot seconds and then we're over it. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have your depth of comic book knowledge, especially when it comes to Marvel. But uh, I, I do pride myself on at least being able to keep track of different groups, factions, teams, uh, peoples, what have you with these superhuman abilities and dude, I I'm struggling at this point, kind of keep track of, you know, of all these different groups that they're introducing in phase four, because we had the red daggers. And then what do we, what do we have? The, the gins, I think as well. Yeah. Jin. <clears throat> and it's like, dude, it, <laughs> there's, there's so many new, so many new potential groups, heroes, villains being introduced throughout this phase four that, like I, and it's, you're not really seeing how any of it ties together. It feels like a kid in a sandbox who keeps getting new toys and before he even really plays with his other ones, oh, he's got new shiny toys now. Let's, let's focus on those for a bit and we'll do the same thing in our next show. So, yeah, it's that, uh, that classic meme with, um, Andy from Toy Story when he drops when he's like, I don't want to play with you anymore. Like, that's <laughs> what I, I feel like. And in fairness, like, hey, if the djinn don't come back, fine, whatever. They were next dimensional beings. They got here by. But why, but why were they here then? And the same goes for, you know, some of these other heroes. We, I mean, not that I liked in Eternals at all, but they also introduced new groups, concepts, heroes, villains that are otherworldly or, you know, extraterrestrial or, you know, all powerful and it's like dude this is it's becoming a bit 
convoluted and I'm a nerd. So I wonder how, you know, just a casual watcher feels trying to consume all of this. It's probably kind of hard to follow for them. Yeah, I can't. A casual audience. Yeah, it's it's like uh, when we've gone to the movies with um, to see some stuff with uh, Ryan, and, yeah, and his and and his wife, and I, I'm just like, like I I think about that consistently because like he only got into it like fairly recently, um, yeah. and so the whole idea of like having to like keep up with all this stuff and like know what's important is just so bad. It's just like I. Just like, man, this is I, I'm loving what they're doing, but at a certain point, I'm like, this is like jumping into the middle of a novel series and then being like, I don't I don't understand what's happening here. <laughs> Who who's this who's this Ned Stark guy? Why does everyone keep talking about him? You know, that was me when I read the Game of Thrones novels because I read out of order because I didn't realize. So I picked up, I think it was like the third book first, because I was young and dumb and didn't realize, and then was like, oh. Oh, those are big time spoilers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, dude, it, it just doesn't, again, it, it feels like we're still running on that treadmill. And that's why I get frustrated because you had what, it, what felt like an easy win here with that street level, small scale story that is, you know, more just about this family and not about the end of the world or what the next big team up is going to be in the MCU. And now not only did we not get that story to a satisfying conclusion, but now we have, you know, what feels like we're just throwing, you know, more shit at the wall to see what sticks in terms of, you know, phase five and, you know, the next Avengers movie and all that. I don't know. It, it it still kind of feels like they don't really have a clear direction in where they're heading. And I think it's cool that this is going to lead into Captain Marvel's return. In my opinion, I have no idea why they've waited so long to bring Captain Marvel back into the fold because she seemed like she was going to be a more prominent member of these, of these heroes now that, you know, we've lost some others and she's just kind of been off doing her own thing this whole time. And I don't oh. know, it, it's weird. I, I think I think the reason they haven't brought her back is because they have the, it's the uh, the Superman problem, right? When you introduce this mm-hmm. all powerful being into your general, uh, you know, your general stable of rosters, like you have to come up with ways to take them out. I mean, right now there's nothing that really stops uh, Captain Marvel from doing anything. Like she's sorry, ex- excuse me. There are things that stop her from doing it. Uh, completely contrived movie scenes where she has to slowly get a gauntlet from somebody else to get it across the battlefield. Um, that's the only time, you know, contrived moments in movies for her to be weak. Uh, still real bitter about that, but um, this it's like Superman has, he's, he's weak to magic, like magic hurts him like consistently, you know, that's what it is. And, um, they don't have that for Miss uh, for Captain Marvel yet, and so I'm curious to see what they're going to do. Because to that point, like they're like, oh, little hand wavy. The rest of the universe is also struggling really hard. So therefore, only Earth has generated superheroes of any shape or form, except the Guardians of the Galaxy. They're weird and different. So Miss Mar or Cap, sorry, I keep calling her Miss Marvel. Um, Captain Marvel has to go <laughs> off and save 
you know the it's rest of the deeper. universe yeah so yeah and that easter egg at the end kind of felt weird and i don't understand what's going on with that <laughs> well sorry one of many easter eggs the one with captain marvel and miss marvel switching places question mark yeah i i mean i guess we'll find out more about that in the marvels but again it, it just it kind of feels like we're being denied these you know potentially more you know narratively rich smaller scale stories in favor for continuing you know the world building of having these you know big event type films but that's not going particularly well either so it kind of feels like we're half-assing two different sides of the coin there if you're marvel this one i feel like could have done a little if we could have gotten rid of the whole uh gin uh thing like if like like i said before if if these writers could be guaranteed a season two or something like if they were able to like that could be a thing where they say like you know after the marvels come out uh you'll get a season two this is like kind of what we're playing like you know Kamala's not going to die. She's going to be like, realize some more of her powers and stuff like that. Like if we could get that guarantee, I feel like the entire Jin storyline could have been moved to a season two and it would have felt a little bit less world endy or like less out of left field for this very, like just starting out superhero, like who should be just dealing with racist cops essentially in her neighborhood while she's trying to do good because that's, you know, that's a great commentary on the political structure of our current existence of how uh, people of um, different religions are seen. And that would have been much more entertaining than trying to shovel this in. And I feel like we could have still gotten many of these beats. We could have still had, you know, at least two love interests, uh, you know, a good love triangle going there opposed to a love square i don't know how that would you know she had three guys vying for her attention at one point which is cool i mean like yeah cool didn't have a problem with that i was just kind of like well it, it just felt so rushed so it didn't really matter at all and then you know the other the other uh and the easter egg stinger moment is when you know, her her buddy uh, Bruno, Silencio Bruno. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bruno is just like, you know, like, Kamala, I don't know why this happened in this way. Maybe you have, you know, you, you have some sort of mutation and it's like, like for a brief second. That was super fun and cool. I like the fact that they're like, hey, these are uh, like, hey, mutants, like mutants are coming, like, cool, check out the mutants, which is really ironic to the, like, the beginning of her storyline, uh-huh. um, which I, sorry, I'm, I'm, I've been talking for, you, am I okay to cover that real quick, Jesse? <laughs> well, I actually wanted to ask you what you thought about that, because not knowing much about this character or her comic origins, I have no idea what or how much or how little she actually has to do with mutants or the X-Men. So yeah, feel free. So that's a, I've got two answers to that question, Jesse. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I have a comic book answer and I have a real world answer or our world answer. Okay. Which one do you Mm -hmm. want to hear first? Uh, Well, I asked about comics, so let's start there. Well, fine. Make logical choices, Jesse. Um, (laughs) 
Someone has to around here. Marvel's not going to do it. So. Yeah. So, Miss um, <laughs> Marvel is in the comics, is uh, an inhuman, um, which you might recognize the term from uh, a TV series that fla- failed, and then also Black Bolt from Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness uh was the like king of the inhumans right they're a, another um you know superhero uh group of extraordinary beings they were um kind of worked on and tinkered on and it's a whole thing but um so what happened was is that after uh scarlet witch got rid of all of like said no more mutants um, and got rid of like most of the mutant population on earth. The uh, inhumans had a, a thing with Terrigen mist, I think is how it's said, um, like exploded in the world. And so a bunch of um, latent inhuman uh, genes were suddenly brought to the surface. So there's suddenly a huge uprising of uh, inhumans throughout the entire world. Mm-hmm. Um so and because like essentially the humans uh are way 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 back in the old days before the inhumans uh or before modern times in the comic book world the inhumans were experimented on and everyone had like a little bit of inhuman dna or like genetics in them potentially just similar to the x gene that causes mutants there's the like inhuman gene um and so that's like what set it all off so she has like she's worked with um uh like mutants um she's i think i'm trying to remember the storyline there is she i don't think gets involved i'm pretty sure there's like an inhumans versus x-men thing um so it's around she's there she's worked with other mutants that type of stuff but she's technically an inhuman based on the comics now you ready for the real world answer yes cool so the real world answer this is super fun the reason that Miss Marvel is an inhuman is because corporate greed. Wow. So, yeah, right. Uh, so it's really fun because the reason she's even exists is because the guy that owned Marvel Comics, who is like this huge recluse, giant jerk, total asshole, um, was really mad that uh fox um like owned the rights to the fantastic four and uh the x-men right like way back in the day um and so what they did was is to essentially like drive the excitement around those movies down I guess they didn't watch them themselves because they were they were fox was already driving those into the ground themselves (laughs) <laughs> burn um they like started taking them out of the comics like they actually stopped like really doing a lot of stuff with the fantastic four uh they did some storylines with the x-men but they really stopped like publishing them and expanding their their stories because they what they were trying to do is drive down interest via comics so that way they would drive down interest in the movies and then hopefully be able to buy uh the rights back to those characters okay this was before the great Disney uh, absorption of all these media pieces, right? Um, okay. 
so to counter the X-Men being a thing and mutants being a thing, they came up with the story around the Inhumans, right? The the one I just explained, like the Terrigen Mist um, and it like exploding and causing all of these Inhumans to happen, which surprisingly share a very similar type thing to the X-Men where they are just people with like suddenly suddenly developing uh, extraordinary powers or um, physical changes, uh, those types of things, right? So that's how the Inhumans in the real world came about, or like this this moment for the Inhumans came about is this whole, like we want to drive down sales, but we still want to have like this team of extraordinary people. So they like did this event, right? So the fact that in Disney Plus's show, they say like you have a mutation and then they play that classic 90s uh, animated, Dis- or, uh, sorry, the classic animated X-Men theme, the da-da-da-da-da-da-da, right yeah. for that brief second is hilarious if you have this comic book knowledge and i say hilarious and like kind of just like an internal chuckle way not actually like laugh out loud roll on the floor funny but the fact that they're like guess what you're a mutant which is funny because actually the reason you were even you're even a popular character is because they wanted to drive down mutant comic related stuff by incre- like bringing up you as an inhuman and now from the comic books of you trying to come out and decrease mutants. Now they're calling you a mutant in this Disney plus show. So it's kind of like a fun little wibbly wombly timey wimey, uh, not of, <laughs> is it canon question mark? Hmm. Well, you said it was fun and yet I'm here scratching my head. Okay. Hey, I didn't specify it. It's fun to me, but I'm a nerd. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, <laughs> well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's kind of the thing is like, it's, they, they brought that in. It's a little bit of interesting thing. It's like how I think they're going to tie in mutants into the uh, MCU is kind of this idea of like mutation being part of this natural occurring element now. And so now I bet this is like how we're going to start seeing mutants come into this, uh, this MCU. Well, we knew it was coming at some point. Um, I figured we would be getting a new cast um, of mutants since Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness made it clear that Patrick Stewart does not exist as Charles Xavier in this universe. So uh, that that makes sense. Um, I just, I didn't know anything about that. So I, I, that was neither here nor there for me. I was just like, ah, mutants. I guess I guess that's a thing now. We don't need to call them miracles anymore like we did. <laughs> right? I uh, roll. Yeah. Thanks, Joss Whedon. But, yeah. uh, I mean, that might be something we see coming forward in um, Secret Wars, uh, is that that's kind of, it's a world colliding type event. So Avengers Secret Wars, maybe that's where we start. We maybe not in this phase of the MCU, but maybe in the next phase, we start seeing this, this introduction of the ability for them to slam some universes together to build up different uh, teams and bring in different characters and stuff like that to really emphasize it. And that's just might how we do it. It's just, we just have a giant um, conversion event that, you know, 
fits everything nice and nice and neatly into a ball as we move forward. And I hope so. They, they've got their work cut out for them in that regard, but uh, we'll see what they do. Um, well, cool. I'm, I'm glad to have that explanation at least. Uh, I guess. Are you? Yeah. I mean, again, that, that doesn't really do anything good or bad for me. Um, just because I, I, Again, I'm not familiar with the character's origins, um, so it doesn't really trigger me nor make me happy to hear that she's a mutant. It's just kind of like, ah, I guess that's a thing. Um, so, cool. I'm, I'm excited to see the X-Men, although, again, that's at least it's a faction and a group of heroes I'm familiar with, but that's another, that's another group that we're throwing out here. So, I mean, hopefully we'll start seeing some of these groups fall away. I mean, Guardian of the Galaxy is on its last one, right? Volume 3 is its last movie, so hopefully they'll go away and we can just bring in a new group and just focus on, you know. Yeah, because... You need more characters to die, like actual comic die, not like... <laughs> yeah, because Chris Pratt belongs to Amazon Prime now, and... <laughs> James Gunn is happy to be doing some of the only positive things going on on the DC side of the world. And I think Dave Bautista literally wants to be doing anything else and another shirtless movie with him as Drax. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I'm glad to know a little bit more about that. I think, when you look at this as a whole, again, it, it really just all boils down to, you know, what could have been a great smaller scale story. And then, and really it's, it's just kind of unfortunate that they haven't chosen to really take that step back and lower the stakes and just focus more on the characters because really Endgame, you know, was the culmination of everything. You know, as it's the title that came before it. And this was really a chance for them to reset and take a breather and introduce new heroes and, you know, a slow methodical way. Cause when you think back, even to that first Iron Man movie, dude, it's not like Nick Fury popped up in the middle of the movie. and was like, Hey, I'm director of shield. Let's talk about the Avengers initiative. No, they, they just told a full story about, Tony and his arc into becoming Iron Man and then they dropped the Easter egg and that was a formula that worked for them and it just seems like they either have forgotten that or they just refuse to to lower this go to back to that small of a scale and I don't know if it's corporate greed or ignorance for both but it it, it befuddles me because that seems like the easy thing to get this thing back on track. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I just I watch these and think like, man, like if we could have done this slightly differently, if it was maybe having their like I think about the historic episode that they did or like the grandmother, uh, great grandmother whole thing, like that whole story. Yeah. I feel like if they had sp uh, sprinkled that through the entire show like little snippets and you got to see that relationship develop as like kind of a i don't know a diary reading or something like that like yeah. i feel like that would have been a little bit more 
an interesting way to tell that story uh, throughout the entire show run. And then they go to Pakistan uh, at the, for like the very last episode or the second last episode, she solves the, 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 the racist cop problem. And then she gets that call to be like, you have to show up to Pakistan. And then she shows up and then like her grandmother talks to her and then like something happens where she gets sent back in time. And then that just kind of wraps it up would have been an interesting small level story. And don't get me wrong. I did love how, the credits changed. I love the whole environment that when they were in Pakistan, like yeah, I love that. That, that was dope. super cool and fun. And I would hate to see more of that. Those episodes get like quote unquote cut in this rewrite that I'm just thinking about now as I'm saying this out loud, but it just makes me think like, Oh, we could have gotten a much smaller, more condensed. Uh, yeah. Condensed story that would have been more impactful. I feel like so. Yeah. 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 I think in the end, it's, you know, I feel like this was almost like two steps forward and one step back in terms of a positive uh, progression in this phase. And I don't know, at, at this point, I just, I'm not feeling the hype to see what comes next because I feel like these stories are incomplete. I, that I care about these characters if, you know, they don't. So, yeah. And on that, maybe we should wrap it up here, Jesse. <laughs> on that really sad ending note, let's let's send the people home. Yeah, right. Two weeks, right? Two weeks of uh, sad, sad endings. Well, life is a tragedy. Everything is pain. That's all. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much for listening to Hit the Real. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the podcast where we talk about the entertainment that we consume and what we really think about it. Um, we try to get this podcast out weekly, usually on Saturdays, sometimes on Sundays. Um, depends on how much I'm doing that weekend. Um, if we got something wrong or uh, if, uh, you know, you thought one of the suggestions for, uh, for Kamala to dress up as like a zombie uh, Captain Marvel or something like that, was a good uh, cosplay idea. Hey, so feel free to email us at hit the real podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's hit the real podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we love to hear from you. And also feel free to take a look at our Patreon in the description of the episode below. And uh, like always, hey, keep it real. Hey.